Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, episode 427. I'm your host, Zach Ryan, and I'm joined today by Per Schneider. Guten Tag, Zach. Sam Claiborne. Hey, listen. And Brian Altano. Guys, this is IGN's Nintendo show, right here every Thursday at 3 p.m. Now, for a while, we were live. No longer live anymore, going back to the old VOD format. Too much to do. Yeah, so this is actually the 14th. It's already Thursday? Yeah, this is actually the 14th time that we've started this episode. we got to get it right. You know, you got to get the Mm -hmm. feeling right when you start a show like this. That's the beauty of not live, though. That is true. Yeah, you can do things like you can can edit things out. Mm -hmm. You can edit things in. Like right now, I'm sure they're going to edit like Grimace from uh, McDonald's right here. He's just going to pop up. See, his 14th funniest joke is still funny. Look how much better this is than the live episode. That's right. I know. You get to make jokes about the Grimace. That guy loves hamburgers am i right you did so i don't know if you're saying hamburgers you're saying that he passed until the accident the the hamburger accident Mm -hmm. oh boy this doesn't have teeth he has to take only liquids in that's a a (laughs) no hamburgers (laughs) well guys uh add it to wikipedia this is our weekly nintendo and grimace podcast apparently but uh i did want to get started today with a little bit of uh uh, news we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, reviews today uh big ones this week and then also uh i wanted to hit us (laughs) off with uh something that that i wanted to address kind of out the gate um i've been getting a lot of tweets i've been getting a lot of responses in the uh ign uh nintendo voice chat facebook page uh people are asking us where our review and commentary for uh the xenoblade chronicles expansion is. What is Torna? Uh, that's Torna. People are like, where is Torna? Why aren't you talking about Torna? Torna, Torna, Torna. Just mm-hmm. like that cool World War II film. But here's the deal. So Xenoblade, you got it. You got my joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles was actually uh, reviewed by a freelancer of ours, uh, Leif Johnson, uh, mm-hmm. back when it launched last fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frankly, the fact of the matter is, without a Nintendo editor, like there's not an opportunity for us to get to and play every little thing and every expansion and every game that comes out, and so sometimes things slip through the cracks. Um, personally, I kind of missed the boat on Xenoblade uh, Chronicles last fall. Mm. I didn't get to play a ton of it. Um, not really my thing. Didn't really scratch that itch for you me. Have so, like ninety, hundred hours sitting around right now. I don't. Can- <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I dedicated all that time. I, I all my hundreds of hours I allocated to Breath of the Wild last year. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people are not necessarily getting upset, but are definitely wanting to know like why we're not talking about it on the show. And the fact of the matter is, like, I don't have a better answer than <laughs> we're just we're just not playing it I, right now. I asked. Mm. Dan about it, we we we're we're not doing a review of the expansion, unfortunately. That's correct. Um, but uh, I'm I'm still planning to play it, and probably it's going to have to wait until the kind of like the Christmas break, right? When I actually have a little bit more time. But um, you know, I started it. Uh, I love the I love the idea behind it. So it's a standalone expansion that um, you can absolutely play if you uh, if you haven't played the main game and and kind of like you don't even wise, have to own the main game. Time wise, uh, right? Time wise and everything, it is set before the actual adventure. It's like five hundred. Years ago, uh, and so when you play these two separately, you, you may, you know, the, like the villain from the uh, the full game is in there, and all of that. You may learn things uh, about these characters, and then maybe later go back to the full game and and have a very different experience. So I actually really dig the concept, and mm-hmm. they've made some tweaks to like the combat system, and uh, it it definitely you can feel that they put a lot of work into it. But right now, no time to play it, so mm-hmm. it's going to have to wait a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, I did want to uh, reach out, though. See, we ended up talking about it anyway, so good for us. Sorry. But I did want to reach out to uh, the Facebook group where I was getting a lot of these comments and just kind of gauge their reaction to this, and so I I wanted to read a couple of comments. So Greg Caldwell says, The combat is definitely more welcoming to newcomers. Uh, The story is shorter. You definitely level up a lot faster, and it was really good because it explains a lot of the plot holes from the original game. So if you played through the original game, this is definitely worth the money. If you're going to play this first and then the original game, you could do it that way because you definitely would have more context of why things happened in the original game, kind of like what you were just yep. saying. Um, Adam Prax says, I just beat Torna last night, and it was neat! Exclamation mark. They did some cool changes to the battle system to streamline things, and it did a good job of expounding on the backstory for some characters. It's a bummer that it gates your progress a couple of times, but I enjoyed most of the side quests, which ended up being mostly required, so no biggie there. It's not quite, it doesn't quite have the production values of the base game, but it's still a really great expansion. I rolled credits in a little over 20 hours, and I did a lot of extra stuff. Cool. So there you go. Sure. Fans Adam react. review it for us. Fans react to Torna. Yeah, we'll reach right. out to Adam and see if he's available, if he's got another 20 but not hours Greg. to run back to <laughs> it. Yeah, Greg. Beat it. We love Greg. No, Greg's a good Both dude. Both good takes. Thank you for those. Yeah. Uh, okay. On to bigger and better things. Well, let's not say bigger and better. No, all three come games you're us. about to talk about yeah. are better than that. That's right. So let's talk about brand new games to the Switch that are actually very old games. Mm-hmm. 
We've got some new NES classics They're coming to the old Switch lineup. That's right. According to Sam Claiborne. That is not true. Let's go ahead and let's rate them one at a time. That Solomon, is Sam Lock. Brian, Brian, you threw these on in here, so I wanted you to kind of take the lead on this. Like, Tell me about these uh, NES classics that are hitting the uh, uh, Switch online service. So the big pitch for NES online on Switch was that you know we would get a bunch of new games every month. And, uh, well, that's happening for sure. Mm-hmm. In you get a some slow way. elf this uh, month. Three new games <laughs> will be hitting uh, Japan and the rest of the world this month. That is Super Dodgeball, Solomon's Key. Look at how funny these dodgeball boys are. And uh, NES Open Tournament Golf. And so, not the biggest hitters, but to be fair, this is a, this is a service that launched with Super Mario Brothers, Mario 3, The Legend of Zelda, some really good yep. stuff. I would have loved to see something like Zelda 2 or Mario 2 this month, just to sort of be like, we've got momentum, we're going to keep this going. Um, but some smaller... Lesser known, uh, but still somewhat beloved titles. Yeah, um, I think two out of three of these are are my favorite games on the NES. Like, wow. among them, like I, I think these games are so good. So wait, uh, I could, really? I, yeah, I'm not joking. Super oh, Dodgeball is a okay. rare game that so people you said- out there pay lots of money for because it's really good. Oh, and it, it's it's choppy and weird on the NES now, but like it has these crazy in depth versus mode that NES games back in the day they didn't let two pa- players play all the time. That wasn't a thing. So that this game lets two players play at once. You play against each other and. And that you have the River City Ransom cast of characters, which has a Japanese name that I can't remember right now, uh, that whole Technos uh, 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 world. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's that that team that made it, and it's like a really cool competitive dodgeball game. So, so 10 out of 10 was actually 10 really, out of 10. Yeah, Okay, 10 out of 10. Yeah, really 10. great sprites, too. I really love those and, little guys. But yeah, is it playable today? I mean, it, it, it does look yeah, really so flickery I, and, it's, and you know, slow. I started playing that game you know, because I couldn't find it back in the day. Again, yeah. it's rare, and it's very expensive. So it's cool to get it. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, what are we uh, talking like? Fourteen, fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll probably pay a hundred bucks for this cart. That's so, crazy. Uh, it's it's cool and fun, and I I think it's still very playable. I don't know what it's like in emulation, so I haven't tried it yet. But mm-hmm. on NES, you forgive a lot when it's an NES on a CRT. Right. Yeah, Flickr, it doesn't hide it as well in emulation. So mm-hmm. you're that's true. Uh, Mario's uh, o- uh, NES Open Golf is the same game as Mario's Open Golf from the Nintendo Play Choice with a little mm-hmm. bit different stuff, and it's a really good prototype Mario Golf game. Now, there's also golf on the NES that stinks. It's like yeah. very, very stripped down and boring. But Mario's Open Golf has Mario in it, the princess. It's really interesting. Golf was, the one, really fun. golf was the one that was hidden in the Switch's infrastructure like towards launch, correct? Yes. And yeah. then and this is a different... with a Wii Remote. This is golf a different is golf game. Golf also on the um, NES Classic, right? Uh, I, think, I think it was on the Switch. I don't know if it was on the it's NES Classic. It's definitely in... Uh, um, NES, uh, what's the NES mashup mix-up game that I reviewed that I can't remember? NES Remix. NES Remix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's in that a lot. But this mm-hmm. game is like, it, it has great putting, really fun courses, and it's just Mario Golf. Like, it, it gives you a lot of stuff to do in 8-bit, and it's but really looked over all the time. 10 out of 10, and now for the not Solomon's 10 out of 10. Key, for me, is not a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People really love this game. I actually missed this on the NES, but bought it when it came to Virtual Console on Wii, because that was when they sort of did a good job of eventizing new releases all the you time. You bought everything. Let's I bought everything. Thing, yep. so I was an idiot, um, and I bought this game, and I I wanted to love it more than I did. Uh, it's a very smart sort of puzzle platformer where you push boxes around effectively. Um, but that's the very reductive way. It's like Adventures of, of Lolo. If you've ever yeah, played it's got that a little series. of that. Okay, yeah. so that that's a better comparison because uh, when. We first saw the Nintendo Switch Online presentation a few weeks ago. I guess that was maybe a month or so, or so ago. Um, they had this sort of like block text like layout for all the games that they were going to bring to the Switch Online service. And I remember specifically Brian was like, whoa, Solomon's Key is going to be in there? <laughs> Solomon's Key is a game that I had not even heard of before. Right. It's kind of a deep cut. I mean, NES was... was I spent a lot of time with and my, my neighbor's NES when I was a kid. I didn't own one until much later mm-hmm. uh, in life, but... Uh, yeah, I don't. I just I didn't know anything about Solomon's yep. Key, and so this one to me is sort of the outlier in that. Like, I'm kind of interested in it just because like it's yeah. this relic that I I completely missed. It's cool, but it's like this is not enough to sustain this service for the month. It's just not. Like, if you got an email from Netflix and they're like, "We have three new movies this month," and it's like. I don't know, Happy Gilmore, Rocky 2, and Ernest Goes to Jail. You'd be like, this is a bad month for Netflix. I see what you were trying to do there. I think you should have gone with um, ha- Happy Gilmore for the golf game. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Dodgeball for Dodgeball. Okay. And Quartermain yeah. for Solomon's Key. Oh, okay. That's yeah. 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 Either way. Two. Not a great month for okay. Netflix. <laughs> um, and so, like, there were some other things listed in the original reveals for the month-to-month breakdown. Nintendo did reveal, like, between now and December what we'll see. Uh, they listed some interesting stuff, which was Mario 3, Mario 1, and Zelda, which has the initials... All 10s. 
SP in parentheses. So uh, fans are theorizing that that might be standalone purchase, meaning what? you might be able to purchase these games to own, which you currently don't hmm. in the metrics of renting it through Nintendo Online. So you're saying that you could put the money down and just permanently own any of those games, yeah. regardless of whether or not you're subscribed to the online As service. much as you permanently own anything digital. But maybe that means single player, <laughs> and then the online version where you compete yeah, for like single player. Maybe speed runs still comes out? Oh, yeah. It seems, it seems to make more sense that it would be single well, but, player. Right? But there already is, them, that's already there already is single player Zelda and Mario 3. They, yeah. they launched this month. Or last that's true, too. So, right? No, but maybe maybe that's retroactively the name for it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. standards and practices, where it comes oh. with like crib sheets and notes that allow young aspiring developers to you know say or, hey this is good game design i like that children love long user agreements <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah uh no so um you know this is this is where this is we're now seeing the momentum continue if you want to call it momentum of uh, nintendo online and mm -hmm. what the nes side of that means still nothing on super nes uh gamecube n64 nothing like that so um this is this is it so I hope. Yeah, hope I like that you you wrote in the, in your notes you. here the name of each game that was launching this week. Yep. And then also that's it. That's the whole list of new games. Yep. And these launch on ten ten. Mm -hmm. We don't know. We don't know yet if games will ever leave. We don't know that. Yeah. That's that would be bad when the show <laughs> goes up. Uh, people will know. Yeah. By the time it goes up, we'll How do you figure? Well, he's thinking. Pear's actually thinking they, like it might out. be like Netflix, like. Lots goes out. Lots continue. right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe some have to go out. It'd yeah. be cool if it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That'd be awesome. Well, so this is like and it scrolls. The screen scrolls. Yeah, we yeah. actually won't know this week because yep. these these launch on the tenth, oh, which right. is odd. Because if the if you look at the way PlayStation Plus does their lineup and and Xbox games with gold, it's usually like the first Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it's actually it the first Friday of those months. Yeah. Um. Those, those for months, yeah. yeah, I think for for PlayStation, I might, it might be Tuesday. Mm. Um. And it's the first one of the month, and this is just arbitrarily on the tenth. So. I don't know. I don't know if this is enough. Like, but you get them if you subscribe already. So you well, know, I've never value. played. I've never played Solomon Ski, so I'm going to play it. And the other games are mere ten out of ten. So yeah, I've also not played Solomon Ski, and I'm going to play it. Yeah, you guys Why would we, like NES let's, Open. Let's okay. link up. It's actually really it, you. You know, have a beer, play with a friend. It's great competitive golf. Mm -hmm. Like it totally works. It's designed by Nintendo. You're saying we have to be drunk to enjoy it. <laughs> well, I like golf. I like beer. Just like real golf. Yeah. I mean, it's the only yeah. sport that I know of that you get better at the drunker you are. That's okay. true. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, that's what it says. Golf in is in that rare echelon of sports that you can play and at the same time smoke a cigarette and it has no hindrance in your yeah. performance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will also be playing Solomon's Key. And I think you and I should link up with each other, and then we can do like the nice like claps and points, like "Hey, check oh yeah, this that out. would Let's be not this. annoying." Yeah, that uh, seems totally fine <laughs> to me, that. right? Um, so obviously, uh, when, since we spent the first twelve-ish minutes of the show talking about golf and that segment was called "Claps and Points." Claps yeah. and Points. Um, hey, you talked about that other, that Torno thing for a while. Yeah, that's true. Be good to yourself. We are clearly having what we like to call in the industry. A slow news week. We haven't had one of these in years. This is it's been awesome. a while. This <laughs> is great. It's the first episode of my era of we NBC. Be playing Torna instead of yeah, exactly. Oh my god, we've got sort of a slow news week. In fact, to the extent that that when I put together the run of shows, I'll often go over to <laughs> Andrew Goldfarb's desk and say, like, Hey, Andrew, is there any Nintendo news that I really need to hit this week? And he said. Uh, no, <laughs> this is rumblings. There's rumors that a new Smash Brothers character is going to be announced because of some mm -hmm. side changes and all of that. Okay, but, but to be fair, there isn't when, anything big. When isn't a new Ooh, Smash yeah, Brothers true. character well, about to be announced? I have a new, I have a new amiibo for the shelf. The amazing Mega Man. So that's big. We'll news. get there. Everybody's yeah, right. really excited. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. Is that the third Mega Man amiibo? No, second. Second. Well, well, no, the what gold. about the gold one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. the gold one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did that one ever come oh, back to you, you, by the way? I got you. Yes. Good. Pair, a couple of pairs of uh, Amiibo went missing last week. It was a giant mystery. Somebody mm -hmm. thought they were free. It's not, it's not mm -hmm. cool. Which they're not. That's called um, stealing. <laughs> so in, in lieu of not having a ton of news to discuss, I figured we'd kind of jump in and talk about what we're playing this sure. week. And I wanted to kick it off with this little game, Always Awakening, uh, which I was watching Pear play earlier today, and I asked him the question... How do you have the time or patience to play another one of these games? I think so, you're you're burned out on 2D platforming games on Switch. I really, I'm, I'm getting to the point where you know it, the the idea of a Metroidvania or you know we're taking shots every time we say it on the show. Mm -hmm. it, it's really becoming to the point where it's like less of a joke to me and more of like genuine fatigue. I I, I can't play any more of these games. Which is ironic, considering the game that I'm playing most this week is uh, Mega Man. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, yeah. I I personally will never get 
over games like this. I, mm-hmm. I love games like this. I think this is um this is a special one too. Uh, when I I did that thing I do when I play every platforming game where uh, the first thing I did was jump, mm-hmm. and then decided how much I'll love it from there. And uh, <laughs> and you, no, lo- you did you like the feel because th- this game initially no handles very differently with the floaty jump. Yeah, and so, I was like, uh, I, I'm totally with yep. you. The second I started this game up, uh, and again this is this is always awakening. Um, it just launched on Switch. It's an 8 bit sort of. This is like not just like a you know an 8 bit retro platformer. Like this this one straight up feels like an NES game mm-hmm. aside from being widescreen. Like it's 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 got all the trimmings of a game like that. Comparable to what? Um, Simon's Quest. Yeah, I would say it's it's a little Simon's Questy, and then I'm trying to think of like a, that's a Castlevania. That's Castlevania too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to think of a game like one of the, one well, of the main mechanics. You, in this is game it Metroidy? Um, is it just a Metroid? It's it's vaguely open worldish in that like mm. it's not traditionally you don't run left to right like you can you can traverse different areas and go exploring in different it, directions. It looks like a Castlevania like map too. It, kind of yeah. It's you don't you don't sh- uh, you, you you don't shoot right? No, and yeah, you you basically you can attack enemies or jump on them, but you can also launch what is like this tiny little green cube which you use for platforming. Yeah, and so it, it is a little bit more Castle, uh, Castlevania-ish, but like I, I was reminded of Metroid yeah. with mm-hmm. heavier platforming for sure, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Like there's some precision platforming because the game's uh, airtime is a little bit more forgiving, like they lean on... I, I was going to say, how do you balance p- precision fl- platforming with what you're describing as like a floaty jump? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the jump is slower, so you have a little bit more time to react, Okay. and so um, if you're watching the footage of this game, you can see how like you use the bubble mechanic to get over spikes and all that, of that. Mm-hmm. That idea that mm-hmm. that precision platforming with the like slower uh, jump I'll actually make an appearance later in the show mm. but you're absolutely <laughs> okay. right yeah it's yep. a I, it's a really charming game it's um not for everyone because it's not like if you're thinking of something like Celeste which I think moves a lot quicker and is yeah, a lot well, snappier to be fair I'm always yeah. thinking of something like yeah. Celeste you should be because so, that's yeah. a great game um this one's a little slower it's a little more you know deliberate yeah a little more yeah. deliberate so, so it's good but well, I like it a lot it's stuff, really yeah. cool yeah uh, I mean I, I would love to actually put together a list of like the best the top 20 2D platforming games on Switch. I would definitely put this in there. Is it know? a Ooh. Switch exclusive? No, this no. Uh, launched on PC a little while ago, so you can also play so it there, Switch too. Port from P- some yeah. Steam. Uh, I think it's only 10 bucks. As a manager of video programming here at IGN, who, when a time, in a time that we're desperate for video programming, I would say, pleased to make that list of uh, 20 2D platforms. Let's do it. Can All we right. not do assignments on the show? Yeah. No, that's fine. I mean, it, we're all... We're working. Hold on, let me fill out right. the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're always working here. Right. Uh, this next game that we wanted to talk about, Pear described to me as a shameless ripoff of uh, a game tr- near and dear to our hearts, which is Pilot Wings. Yeah. Uh, Pear, tell me a little bit about Pilot Sports. Pilot Sports. Pilot Sports is basically... Tell me about Sports Wings. It's a less good version of Pilot Wings, just to put it bluntly. Totally, yeah. Um, it is. It, it, it kind of lacks some of that magic and polish that you, you've you seen in, in past Pilot right, Wings The first games. three seconds I've seen of this and, are better than Pilot Wings. Oh, hold on. but you kidding gra- me? No, no. Graphically on the, on the Switch, it certainly looks better than Pilot yeah. Wings 64 or Pilot Wings on the Super NES, but what it doesn't... It's not as tightly edited as those games. Like no. some missions are very slow and take a very long time. Uh, the huh. character animation is very stiff, but but you're having fun with this because the uh, the physics and the flying it's all fun. Yes, I, yeah. I completely agree. Uh, this is so we're noticing a weird trend, and I think we'll see. We'll talk about it in the next game too. Um, and just this week, two games were announced. Uh, one of them is basically a Wii Fit knockoff, okay. and another yep. one is basically a Nintendo's knockoff. Yep. I don't know if you saw these games. They're coming to Switch, and basically third parties are saying. Nintendo is taking their sweet yeah, ass time get their getting their own out. stuff out there. Yeah. So let's let's do our thing. And That's so funny. Pilot Sports is definitely like I will flat out say it is a poor man's pilot wings. Yeah. And uh, and, and Wii the, Sports Resort was the last unofficial piloty right. yeah. wings thing. Yeah. Wings. Uh, this looks a lot. Wasn't there a pilot wings something or other in the three DS uh, like just the, that came native to the three DS? There was at a, launch? there was a pilot wings at the three DS launch. Yeah, like I, I have straight up pilot wings three D game. Right, um, which was pretty cool. It was it was fun. Um, yeah. This one is definitely this this has the UI and I would say the trimmings of something like a mobile game. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's immediately you're immediately met with uh, this sort of gut punch that you're not playing something that's like triple a fully polished nintendo title you're playing something that is like 
you know, obviously created by a small team. And I think that like when you're choosing your character and all of that stuff is just sort of like bare bones. Yeah. But then you get into the game and you start flying around. And you're like, oh, they actually did a pretty good job of animating this game. Yeah. The mm-hmm. island looks beautiful. And like it's it's fun once you're in there. And it, it, it feels good. And I mean, honestly, it, it feels like Pilot Wings 64. Like the jetpack yeah. feels exactly like it. And you do the thing where you you know you collect things or fly through rings, and then you land on a you land on a platform. All of that stuff is in the game. But whereas like the Pilot Wings games, kind of like you look forward to a new challenge, and it feels different. And there's this reward in unlocking them. Mm-hmm. This one is like fly through ten more rings, fly through twenty rings. You know, yeah. it's like it feels very sameish until you get to a different discipline. Mm. There's now, also like I once mean, you remove like the Nintendo licenses and stuff. Like one of the cool things about Pilot Wings is like turning around on the island, and you see like this giant rock mountain that looks like Mario. Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's that's an iconic, recognizable character. And this game doesn't have that, obviously. But, so. but it's not. It's it's like to me, it's kind of like a six out of ten game where mm-hmm. it's like you you can have fun with this, and it it feel, feels a gap. There hasn't been a Pilot Wings in a while. There hasn't been a game like Sky Odyssey again, which was yep. freaking awesome. That's the best Pilot Wings game out there. It's not made by Nintendo. Pilot Wings is interesting because it uh, on Nintendo sixty four and on Super Nintendo it pushed the limits of graphics. So right. on Super Nintendo is like this Mode Seven ship mm-hmm. base, and it looked really cool. Cool. Wow, it looks wow, very wow. dated now, but sixty four. It was like one of the most impressive games I'd ever played at the time uh, because it had this big three D space and you could shoot can you could shoot yourself out of a cannon mm-hmm. or do all the stuff in it that was in Mario sixty four. But this was like almost like more physically extreme and had bigger areas and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is just amazing. But now when you look at so it, good too. it was easily it, a, it, it oh, easily yeah, it well. Look, both of those games look butt now. Yeah. 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 It runs at twenty frames per second, little yeah. letterbox. But the feel of the hang glider, for example, is. Still, it's still great. That's Pilot cool. Wings 64. Pilot Wings 64 was easily a top two N64 launch game. Absolutely. Yeah, out of the two? <laughs> what? Was, what um, about the Shogi game in Japan? I wasn't in Japan, Pear. But I yeah. think there's an element of uh, Pilot Wings, which is like brawlers, like uh, the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or... Um, uh, Golden Axe or whatever, like those games, like looked so good in the arcade that they were like graphical showcases, yeah. and that added to their quality at the right. time. Totally, and they they we, they don't have that anymore. Like they look dated now, and they don't look like amazing. And for some reason, like we're at a point where I think Pilot Wings games are kind of like that too. They were sh- graphical showcases, and since they're not, they have to have something else. The fluidity f- is gone for the 3D of the first 3D game, and I think that hurts it. Although I think going back to the Super NES one, it still feels really good. I still like it. It looks ridiculous yeah. now. Yeah, like. The the zooming and stuff right. it just looks silly yep. gentlemen I can't believe we've talked about this game for this long <laughs> because we like, there are we two like games. there are two big game two big games that we need to discuss this week and we've got to make the time for them right. and the first of which you said slow news week Is the first one marble it up I didn't know that we were going to talk about freaking pilot wings I want to no, we were talking about pilot, pilot wings pilot <laughs> go wings. play marble it up it's basically like monkey ball there you go, okay. Monkey Ball. It's, uh, it's really fun. That's like something it. I can relate to. Yeah. Let's talk about Mega Man. He's oh, back after Mega eight Man. long years of being away doing robot stuff. It's been a while since we've seen that mm-hmm. Mega Boy. It's been I, eight years? Yeah, now he's a Mega Man. He's it's back. It's been eight years since Mega Man 10. That's he correct. actually has uh, a deep, deep voice in this game. He's got a, really? bar- a, remember, a charming long, baritone. Long hair. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That was, that he's, was he's truly a mega man now. Sam, you did the review for us at, uh, here at IGN. Mm-hmm. You gave the game a 7.5. That's a, which is that's halfway between good and great. It's almost it's almost great. It's good. It's almost great. Yeah, almost great. Tell us a little bit about what you thought about Mega Man. So, what I really liked about it is that it's punishingly hard and well, it I, is and, very difficult. And it, it tempers that a little bit with the uh, slowdown uh, effect, which is just like a really great cool effect. Um, so I like that about it. I liked having being like super challenged. And by the way, you guys are all playing it while there's a boss order out there, and people have kind of figured out some tricks to this game. But man, figuring it out on your own makes it a lot harder. And I recommend doing. Can that. you explain that to people who don't know Mega Man? The yeah. bosses being each boss has a weakness to another boss's weapon. And every time you beat a boss, you get their weapon. You so you have to kind of figure out the order by which you do that, or else you're facing each boss. And I played on normal, which is the second hardest mode. There's also super hard, and then there's casual and like a really beginner or something. Beginner yeah. Or something. What do, can I ask Novice. you what, what yeah. those modes change? Cause I know in 10, it added basically platforms over the spikes. I was really hoping for that. Like it actually filled in blocks in uh, nine. Does it just yeah. give you more Definitely health? Definitely in 10. Yeah. And this one, it, it gives you more time to slow down. Interesting. And then, uh, it, it yeah, it gives you Ow. more health and, and probably makes drops like that of the one ups more common. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, what I don't like about it is I personally don't like the style. I think it's a really good effort to get it really near the kind of manga anime look of, 
of the Mega Man original like manuals and how like yeah. robots were drawn. I just personally just thought it was a little bit too kind of 3D animated so feeling for me. I will I will disagree with you on that. Like I love the style of this game. I'm also playing this game. I think it is a just a beautiful 2D platformer from an art direction standpoint. And it reminds me of the the game that got me into Mega Man in the first place was Mega Man Legends on PlayStation, which was a mm. very Oof. anime game. And then I went back and played through all the original Mega Man yeah, games. Yeah. Two is still my favorite, but I really, really love the look of this game. I love the feel pair you were talking about, sort of precision platforming earlier. And to to your point there, the speed up and the, the power up mechanics in this game allow you to slow down time as you're jumping to these other platforms. And there's areas like you were, we were talking about earlier uh, before the show, Sam, that you absolutely have to rely on that. Like right. you cannot make the jumps in a lot of these places unless you're utilizing speed up and speed down or power up. And that was something that, that was sort of steep on the learning curve for me was adjusting to the idea of like switching that power up off and on and making sure that I was like, yeah, things get very frustrating use it. if you yeah. don't use it. Um, but I, I'm really enjoying my time with this but game. But you can I've, play it with 100% without it. I mean, Mega Man speedrunners will be able to totally play this game straight through without using that effect at all. And I believe there's a secret achievement tied to it, too. That's pretty cool. So there's that. Um, I, I think uh, one of the, the big complaints I have about this game, and it's, you know, it's been solved in every other Mega Man game, mostly, is that the, the robot bosses are just not that interesting. They're just kind of bland, and a lot of them are just recreations of the last ones, mm -hmm. which happens in every Mega Man game. You know, this time you have Flame Man before, or Torch Man, and before we've had Flame and Heat and mm -hmm. Fire and everything. So, so I just would, I, I really like the creativity of actually 9 and 10. Like, the last two games were super creative on the yeah, bosses. They got really and crazy. And I think it's maybe a little bit of your retro bias creeping in there, which I totally understand because I do feel like there are some bosses in this game, like Blockman, whatever, like his power is He's fine. actually my favorite. Is he really? Well, I'm not talking about the powers. I'm talking yeah. about the design of the characters. Mm. Sure. Like seven or sorry, eight has like really cool giant Capcom designed uh, robots. And they're just really neat. I don't know. This one is just like, they're very bland as robots, but the, the weapons are pretty cool. Can I ask you guys to quickly funny. break down this new double gear system or whatever it is? Yeah. So that's what I was talking about. So there's, there's speed up and power up on map to the left and right shoulder buttons okay. in this game. So speed up, is obviously like it slows down time. It allows you to do things like slide under. Whoever's or jump playing over this should enemies. be using it right now. Yes. Um, and then power up. Basically, once you have bosses' weapons, uh, it allows you to magnify that power. So the the, the standard blockman. Yeah. So that's speed up. That's, that's but the standard blockman weapon drops four blocks on an enemy like okay. throughout the course of the level. But if you power that up, it'll drop a bunch of blocks on it, like right there. Boom. Yeah. Oh, that's a perfect okay. example. And so is there a lot of sort of like meter management? Are you collecting yeah. Yeah, so icons? It's an like, overheat situation. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it. You so can you only can use, use it, it for so for, long before it, yeah, it'll And then it charges can. back up? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's pretty rad. So it's not really based on finding power-ups like some of the old mechanics. No, and stuff. you never run out of it. So you can really, really carefully get through levels by, wow. by you know doling that out. So Sam, just now in the footage, if you're watching this, uh, we, we saw Mega Man drop a bunch of boxes from the ceiling and destroy an enemy in with one hit. Is that just because we have this power at this point and some people might not have it? That's right. Actually, this boss mm. is weak to that. And so a lot of elements of this boss's level Spoilers. can be solved by that. So there's uh -huh. a little bit of puzzle solving to that. But what this doesn't have, and people that like Mega Man X will remember this well, uh, this doesn't have any kind of exploration or secrets or anything. You can't like get to cool areas. Who's playing, you who's have, playing like, this game? Hits. It's terrible. And they're missing all the collectibles. I, th I think it's at E3. Nuts. So um, that's... That, oh, I see. That's... If you want to watch us play it really well, we beat it on a live stream this week. Yeah, I and the whole thing that. is it's like uh, it's like an hour and forty five minutes. Sam, the, the, the sort of lack of secrets darting around each level is kind of evocative of the original games, right? Oh, for sure. But they did evolve and they did yeah. get more complex. So this is you could call that a throwback, but like mm -hmm. like seriously, Zelda and Super Mario Brothers came out on the same system this did, and look where they're at now. Right. Look right. where they're at. So yeah. it's like I respect Mega Man for what it is right now, but it's never going to be great unless it takes a big, big ev evolution leap. Now, it's it's good at what it's supposed to be doing, which is being Mega Man. And I like playing 2D Mario mm -hmm. games as much as anybody, and those still exist. But, like, what's an evolution of Mega Man that would be really big? Well, Mega Man Legends. Like, bring yeah. back Mega Man Legends and make it 
part of this like triple A reimagining of old franchises in that like Mega Man Legends was an RPG. Like every game now is an RPG. God so, of War is an RPG. Like that's, this that is actually, to me is the way you do a new Mega Man. Yeah, like, I, I totally agree. Yeah. This is actually what I my my biggest sort of like pushback at the visual style of this game from the jump was that I actually like I like it a lot, but it doesn't fit the tone of the of the ten games before it. And so you maybe don't know you're getting a you know kind of gussied up NES game here because mm-hmm. yeah, you kind of that's are. fair. Like it, this, this would lead me to believe that this is something like the next evolution in Mega Man, and it seems kind of like a half measure. That said, I'm going to buy it now because you guys have convinced me to. Yeah, I know, and I will say, that, like the thing that I like most about this, the thing that I like most about this uh, Mega Man is that the more so than any other Mega Man game, the levels encourage you to swap between powers. That's great, which is really really cool because like a lot of those things, like it, kind of in the way that like a Mm, later generation Zelda game would hand you a weapon and then you use it once on that dungeon's boss and then yep. use it maybe like once or twice out in the open world. Twilight Princess. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I've always felt that way about Mega Man games in that like you use that weapon in that boss's um, level and then you use it to defeat that boss and then that's the end of it. But like here you're really switching up weapons a lot and I dig it. Uh, we're, we're a little bit over time on Mega Man but I did want to touch on one more thing, Sam. Um, you've talked a lot in your review and also just to me like one-on-one about how this may be a good foundation for Mega Man games moving forward. Do you feel like this is a good jumping off point for Mega Man games? You know, Are we looking at the first of the next 10 games in the Mega Man? series i mean i I think that it it seems like we're going to get 10 very similar games if it's going to stay this way and i mean i think people will play them there's great there's a great Mega Man fan community out there Mm -hmm. and they i think they want for the most part this game Mm -hmm. and more power to them i completely encourage them to uh ask for more of these uh really briefly you can play this on switch and it's i think absolutely the definitive version um, Explain that for a second. It because, works great on okay. the Switch. Looks great. Uh, it's a little. It's a little hard to play. What it's in the portable mode, but the you know the classic controllers or Pro controller is great for it. Um, but I, what I really liked is like seriously, the amiibo stuff in it can can uh, solve some problems for you. Hmm. Uh, if you pause the game and scan in an amiibo, it can refill your health. Now I know that sounds like cheating, and it 100 percent is cheating. But after you've played a game a few times and you want to do some other stuff in it, cheating's pretty fun. That's why people play Grand Theft Auto with cheat codes. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. And like Amiibo just opened up something that you can't do in other versions of this game. And that's it, it's just cool. I just like it. Yeah. Right, right on. Uh, well, Sam, Mega Man uh, 11, you gave a 7.5. But that is not the only review that you did this week. Yes. What other games yeah. did you review, Sam? Yeah, how so busy. Just put up the Super, Mar- Super Mario Party review. I gave that a 7.3. That is the highest uh, score I've ever given to a Mario Party game. And I've reviewed uh, 9 and 10 at least. I think I might have done another one. Oh, you did 10. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So uh, it's better than those games. And I think it's the best since GameCube, uh, which has my two favorites besides... They're kind of tied with two on it, but five and six I really like. Uh, but this game, uh, it does something really important. If you played the last Mario Party, uh, you might uh, have remembered that you all get in the same thing together, and then you don't get to play mini games unless you land on a mini game space. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like it takes out the you know autonomy of like strategizing on a board. That's so lame. It sounded and, like a bad idea, and then we played it, and yeah. it was a bad idea. This just reverses that, and yeah. then at the end of every we turn, were right. yeah. you all play a mini game. So just those changes alone make it great. But uh, not great, but uh, better than that last game. Uh, but it also, uh, every mini game I played, I don't have any that I, I want to complain about. Like it, They're all interesting and fun. Yep. You can only play it with the, the uh, Joy-Con in, in one configuration with the little... Uh, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's the wrist strap edition, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one at a time. So everybody has to play that way. Uh, and that means that you have to charge a bunch of Joy-Cons mm-hmm. or have a bunch of Joy-Con charger stuff ready. And that was the most demo- annoying thing, I think, for this game. But it's pretty annoying. limited me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just with your Wii Motes or your GameCube controllers or your Nintendo 64 controllers, plug them Pro in controller. or replace the batteries, yep. you know? And you just can't do that with this. Uh, so you and you, if you could use the Pro Controller, you could do that. But you mm-hmm. can't. Yep. You have to play this way. So just just be aware. You might have to buy some more Joy Cons or have a, a friend over to play with. So if you're if you're playing this game like two player at home, you both use a Joy Con with the Joy Con 
grip thing or the you, don't, you can't use the grip you, okay or you, you can't use the dog face grip yeah 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 you, yeah. you can only use the single. shoulder adapter so two player, yeah. you, by nature of owning a switch you can play two players in mario party which is cool you can even play it off the screen or off your tv which is kind of neat too mm-hmm. but yeah they, they but you have of, to have two more joy con you can't use your pro controllers to add another well, four players yeah the, uh, because it uses a lot of motion control mm-hmm. too you know like uh when when you and i played it there was the ice shaving game right yeah but you have to move the joy con in circles and stuff and so they probably uh they probably want to focus on mm-hmm. making Making sure everybody has the exact same feeling controller yeah, yeah. because like leveling could, the play field. Yeah, I could sure. see it being an sense. issue if maybe the 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 pro controller felt different. So the the other thing you mentioned, obviously the. Um, Forcing every player to be together in the same car was a was a, mm. was a bad idea. I felt um, what this one actually does. It goes one step further mm-hmm. in the team mode where so good. you can uh, you know you team up in two v two teams and you roll the dice at the same time and then both uh, or consecutively and then both players get to draw their path on the. Um, on the boards, and it's a grid instead time. of a linear uh, mm-hmm. Candyland-like board. It so, becomes a grid, and so you, there's all this interesting strategic stuff to getting where you need to go, or overshooting where you need to go, and just it's really it's really and chaotic. And I, fun. I really like that because of the strategies. Like you can now split up, and if you have an item, you can use mm-hmm. all these items to an item where one player can warp to the other. You can actually mm-hmm. strategize and say, yeah, "Hey, I'm going to so get good. the star over here. Maybe she'll move to your side of the board, so stay over there, and I'll warp back." Like mm-hmm. all of that stuff makes this a much more strategic game than uh, than the last one. I saw some sort of kickback from fans saying that there are only four That's right. boards in this game. That was the next point to make here is that there's so much extra stuff in this. And you, you might be wondering, like, why haven't we mentioned the uh, banana game or the yeah. uh, baseball game or like all these other little mini games in it? Because, because all of those are in there and they're like seriously like... I, I hope you get more enjoyment out of them than I did, but everything was about five to ten minutes of fun. Right. And then, like, everybody wanted to go back to playing the other Mario right. Party games. Right, of course. So the core Mario Party game, called Mario Party, and then the other partner party game, the co-op game, there's four maps, and they're shared across those. Mm. So you, you just play the same thing over and over again. And, again, like, it's so it, – it's good while you're playing those. But maybe maybe there'll be DLC. Uh, I don't know. So it didn't. Yeah. It, no, that's definitely not been hinted at, and so I can't like rate the game saying like got a lot this of questions. Is gonna be great once the DLC comes. We got out. a lot of questions about whether or not we thought we'd see DLC, and mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, Nintendo's been really good about supporting their first party games yeah, this, sure. this generation. You know, we're getting a lot of stuff for Mario Tennis Aces. We've seen a ton of content for Arms and Splatoon. So mm-hmm. I don't doubt that we'll hear something about a. Uh, Super Mario Party DLC that hopefully totally. includes more boards. There's definitely no store or anything in it right, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that doesn't Remains mean anything because Nintendo yeah. uses their own store to do DLC. Uh, one question I did want to address uh, from the Facebook group: uh, Jess Metz asks, uh, "Will the next par- Mario Party game be called Super Mario Party 2 or Mario Party 12?" Yeah, or I made the joke in my review will be called Mario Party 64. Hmm. Because Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Right. But uh, my editor took that joke out. So now I got, got, got to get to use it. I Aww. think that's a great joke. And I'm sorry that it didn't get to stay in your review. It's all like 64-bit and crappy looking. It'd be awesome. I would yeah. love that. Whichever direction they go, I, I hope they do offer a proper online board game mode. Because mm-hmm. this one only has the... Uh, there's just a mini, a mini game, game rush online, online. And, rush mode, and really? it wasn't even. Isn't that on. weird? Like yeah. that is pretty strange. I mean, like being able to like chat with your friends while playing the board game mode seems like it's, a good idea. It seems like such a perfect right? fit too, because it's it's a generally slower paced experience. Like you yep. don't have to worry about lag. I mean, that's yeah. But what's the counterpoint to that? It's a there's very long game. voice chat. No, the counterpoint is that it's a it's a couch co op game, and there's yeah. none of those out there. No, and that's I'm Nintendo's happy that philosophy. exists too. Yeah, totally. I mean that's been my favorite part about uh, Mario Party being in the office for the last week is like I feel like every day around four or four thirty, uh, there's spontaneous Mario Party happening. You we play know a I mean? lot. People people are kind of crowding around the big TV by Paris desk and and busting out some Mario Party mini games. Guys, like a lot of fun. there's another couch game coming out this year from Nintendo. So. You have to make a decision because Smash, Smash Brothers is like the best couch mm-hmm. game and it has m- multiplayer online, mm-hmm. just like sure. Mario Kart. So, yeah, it wouldn't hurt it, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it is nice to get everybody over and playing a game on a couch in front of a TV in 2018. There's not enough of that. Yeah. So the one thing you didn't mention is that it is like every Mario Party game, incredibly mean, and it may... Like you may you think can, you're gonna win, you, you can get screwed ruin in the friendships end. with this game pretty yeah. easily. Pear and I used to be pretty close, and then we played uh, like Mario anymore. Party against each other, and now we're immortal enemies. Don't like yeah. him because he's a loser. 
I mean, if the shoe fits, I got to wear it. Sam, Brian, I have to excuse you guys. Right. We're going to kick you off the show. Um, thank you guys for joining us for this first segment. Of course. Uh, Sam, thank you for coming on talking about your reviews. And uh, we're going to be back with a couple of special guests. I get to stay? Yeah, you get to stay because we're going to be talking. We're going to take a little trip down memory lane to talk about one of our favorite games uh, from Nintendo history. Solomon's Key. That's right. No. Uh, it's, um, it's a secret. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody. I'm joined by Armando Torres. Hello. Miranda Sanchez. Hello. What's up, guys? Hey. Pokemon's hey. up. Oh, no. Welcome. Great news. <laughs> I brought you on the show to talk about Pokemon. Yay. Like you said earlier, it is a slow news week. That's, <laughs> that's not necessarily the case. So I actually piloted these sort of like retrospective uh, kind of pieces a, a while back, and I haven't had an opportunity to do one. Um, because it is a slower news week, I thought it might be a great opportunity for us to take a look back at one of our favorite franchises, um, Pokemon Red and Blue, or Red and Green as it was known in japan so let me hit you off with some fast facts right at the top here Ooh. oh man released in japan in 1996 but not in the u.s until september 29th 1998 i was there i know actually i wanted to talk to you a little bit about its release because you were telling us earlier about a story you had about game freak or creatures or something no i was at uh, nintendo space world was basically nintendo's version of tokyo game show that yep. they used to oh. uh, put on themselves in uh, makuhari the same place that T- uh, tgs is nowadays That's and huge. uh so they actually announced the u.s release of Pokemon at that Japanese games convention. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a big deal because uh, people weren't talking about Pokemon in the US. Like right. It wasn't a thing, but it was already this huge, uh, this, uh, huge monster franchise in Japan. So I remember the days when, uh, when the day they announced it and we all said, will this work outside of Japan? And they were super confident. They, they said, this will clean up. This will do so well. <laughs> well, well, at this point, it was already this like cultural phenomenon in Japan, and it would be probably another couple of years before it was like a huge success yeah. here in the States. Um, okay, a couple more facts for you guys. Uh, it was developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo, uh, directed by Satoshi Tajiri. Uh, who was known as Dr. Bug to his friends <laughs> because that's he cute. loved like collecting and cataloging bugs, which oh, obviously wow. that's yeah, a direct that influence makes a lot of the game. Sense, yeah. um, best known for his work on prior to Pokemon, uh, he was the director of Yoshi for the NES mm-hmm. and Mario and Wario, which never came stateside but did debut on the Super Famicom. Mm-hmm. Um, here's an interesting quote from Time Magazine back in 99. They interviewed um, uh, Satoshi about Pokemon and they asked him uh, how Pokemon sort of came to be and he said it was the communication aspect of the Game Boy it was a profound image to me it has a communication cable and in Tetris its first game the cable transmitted information about moving blocks that cable really got me interested I thought of actual living organisms moving back and forth across the cable so this introduced the idea of trading Pokemon back and forth between Mm -hmm. you know your pals um, really set that in motion Uh, it was also produced by our friend Shigeru Miyamoto who uh, you guys might know um, and then also Takashi Kawaguchi, who just came off of uh, Earthbound mm-hmm. uh, when he went into uh, producing this game, Project Managing. And then, uh, Pear, I'm going to have you pronounce this name. Tsunekazu Ishihara. Great work, Pear. Tsunekazu. Uh, so this guy's name, this guy is basically synonymous with the Pokemon Company. So much so, in fact, that if you Google him, the first thing that pops up is the Pokemon Company website, the Pokemon Company Wikipedia. He basically put Pokemon Company into motion. So uh, one of the complicated things about Pokemon as a franchise is that you've got all these different intermingling companies working to bring the, this series to fruition, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's Nintendo as a publisher, it's Game Freak as a developer, and then somewhere in the mi- <laughs> mix are Creatures, Inc. and the Pokemon Company later after the game was a success. So the Pokemon yep. Company is basically like PR. I don't really know how Game Freak factors in there, or how well, uh, Creatures factors in there. But. Um, Creatures does like supplemental work on Pokemon okay. games, and then yep. of course they did Detective Pikachu. Um, so of they course. have... Yeah, it's very important. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, Pokemon Company is a company within a company, right? It is. It has yes. autonomy and operates independently from Nintendo, right? But it obviously was created as a subsi- Which, subsidiary. I did want to ask you guys, sort of, what was your inaugural experience? What first got you into Pokemon? Um, what was it that that really tipped you off? And uh, I'd like to start with uh, our very own resident Pokemon expert, Miranda. I know Hello. that you, you, if anybody has seen, has had the opportunity to come to IGN uh, for a First Friday tour, you've seen. Miranda's desk, which is just filthy with Pokemon, yeah, specifically um, Pikachu. Towers of Pikachu. Mostly yeah. Pikachu. I call it the Mountain of Pikachu um, because there are just so many excellent Pikachu designs out there. I think I've brought this before, but it's the Kaiju Charizard Pikachu. I have so many. I can tell you a lot about the most recent releases from the Pokemon Center oh, in so Japan cute. regarding Pikachu. Anyway, and other Pokemon too. I don't just love P- Pikachu, even though it's my number one. Um, so as far as Pokemon Red and Goat, 
red and blue go. Um, I actually had red first. That was my very first introduction to Pokemon. I was a child, mm. like maybe six. Okay. Oh my god! So, <laughs> yeah, yeah I know. so so like Same this is me. this is a uh, the important part because Pokemon has been part of like my DNA as a person who plays games forever. Right, and so. Um, well, I would like to say that I remember every single part of it. I don't. I remember getting stuck at Snorlax and being so angry that he was in the road. And just, I think what I really took away from that first experience was just having the sense of friendship for the first time in a game. Um, I think obviously again, I was very young, but I hadn't really experienced a game like this before. Um, and I think I was just really lucky that my parents were like, here's a game for you. It's popular. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got to play with my twin sister and, it was just like such a fun thing to experience as a kid. And then, of course, later when Pokemon Yell came out, that's the one where I think I really deep dove in and started forming even a bigger bond with Pikachu. Like, right. obviously, Pikachu is important to me. Um, and that kind of stems off, too, also from the anime. Um, obviously, there's a lot of things that are really special with Pokemon. But I think it's it's kind of in the early days where you kind of figure out what kind of Pokemon player you are too. Mm -hmm. um, whenever I went in, like I, I viewed all these Pokemon as my friends, right? Like these are my pals. These are my buddies. Like not only are we going on this adventure together and like meeting new people, meeting new friends, meeting new Pokemon, um, but we're growing together. Like we're learning new things about the different types. We're learning new moves. We're learning new things. I didn't ever pick any of the status effect stuff. I just, mm -hmm. just, pick things that attacked. I was like, this does yeah. damage. I'm picking right. this. Oh, every time my Pokemon would get a move like that, I'd be like, why on earth would I give up Surf for Yeah, <laughs> this, Yeah, it's like, know? oh, it might paralyze me. I don't care about that. I yeah. just, this, this deals damage. Yeah. And so I think it's, but that's like a beautiful thing about Pokemon is that you can play that way. Right. And, um, and that was like, obviously super important for me as a kid. But um, again, it just came to this special experience of like growing with these these creatures and seeing them grow, like actually physically change mm -hmm. um, as we learned more about this world. And so it's very special to me. What about you, Armando? How did you first get into Pokemon? Ooh, it must have been early 90s for sure. The yeah. earliest video game system that I think I remember my siblings owning was the PS1. And okay. my brother, you know, took ownership of that and I, uh, you know, would play with him. He mostly played racing games. So you had your Destruction Derbies, your right. Gran Turismos, your Jet Motos. All I knew as video games were, were racing, racing games. Racing games, yeah. <laughs> and then one day he got um, a Game Boy, or my sister got a Game Boy. I forget what, who got it. Mm -hmm. But they had Pokemon Red. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is like super new. Like I'd never played a like RPG. Right. I'd never played a turn-based game. And this was my first experience to anything like outside of racing games. Um, and I really liked it. And similar to Miranda's story, I it wasn't until I got my very own copy of Pokemon Yellow that I really right. like dove deep into mm -hmm. the Pokemon. Um, and yeah, it also like, I owe, I owe a lot to Pokemon. Like mm -hmm. it's the Pokemon that's also grown with me from since I was like five, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. This is yeah. like an awful way yeah. to remind me how it's old I start. am, by the way. Oh, please, <laughs> please. The fact that you got it at five and six respectively <laughs> makes Per and I feel much older I mean, than we guessing. already feel. I have so, no idea yeah. how old I actually yeah. was, oh but God. if we're going based on the release date, yeah, and my parents both liked video games a lot too, so that I would see them probably even to be. I could probably check with them, yeah. mm -hmm. but I'm just guessing. Yeah, if that's the case, then I should have looked at the date. I was around six or seven. Yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, yeah, go for it. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I I, uh, I I got into Pokemon sort of like out of necessity um, mm -hmm. because in 1998 I was in the eighth grade. And uh, I had a PlayStation, and I had played through Final Fantasy VII and really, really loved it. But that was like my first RPG. And in 1998, the, my PlayStation was hooked up to the TV in my uh, living room. And so I was like, well, I really want to start playing more RPGs. But like, obviously, my parents are always like watching movies or whatever. And so like, like I have this Game Boy that I haven't played in a while. Because at this point, the Game Boy was kind of on its way out. Mm -hmm. Pokemon really came in at the 11th hour and saved the original Game Boy. Or at least like bolstered the, the sales there towards the end. But um, uh, it was something along the lines of like I had a buddy who I was talking to this about, and he was like, "Oh, you should try this game, Pokemon." You know, like it just came out. There's two versions. I went with Fire Red. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it really sort of like 
became really engrossing for me. I got into the anime, uh, which was also like my introduction to anime. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into the trading card game, which was my introduction to trading card games. Yeah, had um, same. Yeah, same. <laughs> I uh, I played I played just a ridiculous amount of of red, and then went back and played blue as well, and then played yellow when that came out. The original Pokemon to me is still sort of the the gold standard for. Pokemon games like I know that the games that have come out subsequently have been you know added more to the formula changed it up like added layers and layers of depth and I think they're all really fun but I've always been the kind of player that that I'll play through a Pokemon game like front to back and then I'm done with it like I don't get into super like rare breeding or like competitive the only one that I really really dove deep into and really caught them all was this original generation Mm -hmm. and so like this game to me holds a very special place in my heart because it was a game that like I loved but I was also too old to love Pokemon by the time. Like, I was like, no, I know, <laughs> no. I know that now. But like, at, when you're like a 13 year old boy in middle school and you're like, oh, I got this pocket monster. Like, people are, kids are cruel and they're just like, anybody you're a dork. got a link cable? Yeah, exactly. Like, Does anybody want to trade Pokemon with me? And they're like, no, wow. absolutely Aww. not. Yeah. But parents, uh, you were in the industry at this point. So even though I'm the oldest guy here, but I probably played it later than you guys um, Mm. because we, you know, I worked on the N64 side at IGN at the time. And so N64, you know, so many games coming out. We were really busy covering those two games. No, we, we, you know, it was kind of covering the Nintendo 64 was a, was a full-time job and I I had never bought a Game Boy. I never owned the original Game Boy to this date, mm-hmm. um, and so I kind of ignored um, the the games from a gameplay perspective. We'd, we'd write up a news story or two, but IGN back then and no other gaming sites really covered uh, handheld games in depth. It just wasn't like there there wasn't much of an audience. Maybe I don't I don't know online. And it wasn't until Pokemon became really um, popular that we said let's launch. IGN Pocket, um, you know, a dedicated handheld site with uh, Craig Harris uh, uh, ran it back in the days. And so I really got into it with the Game Boy Color and Pokemon Yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, uh, I bought, I uh, imported a green afterwards. You know, I bought the old games uh, just for trading purposes with, yeah. with Yellow then too and played the Japanese versions as well. And um, I mean, if I was too old for Pokemon, yeah. holy cow. Oh, man. <laughs> but no, I, I, I got really Ow. into, I got really into, uh, you know, Pikachu edition Yellow. Um, and it, it was, uh, I, I remember distinctly that I had this kind of personality where if I played a Final Fantasy game with a job system, I would go through and I would want every uh, every single one of my party to learn all the different jobs and I wasn't completionist. Mm-hmm. And this game really taught me to let go mm-hmm. because there, there was just no way to train up all the Pokemon that you caught and it mm-hmm. made you pick favorites mm-hmm. and you stick with. And uh, I, I, I mean, I really loved that game, stuck with the Pokemon games. Uh, afterwards and kept on playing and only more recently stopped because I felt like it was, you know, kind of like the same thing over and over again, quite frankly. But I'm greatly looking forward to playing Let's Go and just kind of rekindle the old love there. Yeah, I do like the idea that it's sort of a, a remake to, of this game as well. Uh, I did think it was interesting that that uh, our review of Fire Red didn't get published until 99. So yeah, almost it was a the full launch year, of the pocket side. Yeah, so yeah. almost a full year after the game was released, uh, Craig Harris gave it a 10 out of 10 and he says uh, this game just isn't a fad it's an awesome game worthy of any gamers Game Boy library which I think we're probably all in agreement here yeah. Definitely. Um, one of the things that I, I find super interesting is you know they re-released uh, Red Blue Yellow on 3DS uh, for the eShop uh, probably a couple years ago now wasn't that just I guess last was- year? I, I can't remember if it was last year or if it was 2016. My years have oh. all meshed together. It was either last year or the year before. Both of them yeah. tried to convince me that this wasn't the 20th anniversary it was of bef- the U.S. release this morning. So. My bad. That was all <laughs> is it? What year is it? I don't know anymore. I did want to say, like, whenever those games were re-released, I did go back and, and replay through Red, and I was sort of taken aback at just how well the game holds up. Mm-hmm. Um, even in its simplicity, I think it's really, really smart. And I wanted to ask each of you, like, what is it about this initial iteration of Pokemon that has kind of stood the test of time? Like, what, why do you think it's both a cultural phenomenon and also, like, it's still a great game? Well, I think you get down to it. Like, the simplicity is, at its core, just fantastic in that Mm -hmm. and because it is designed so well like it holds up well because it carries those fundamentals that they've of course built on massively since then Mm -hmm. um but 
the games are, I think, only as good as they are because they did start with such a great foundation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you go back to them, like, yes, you're stripping away a lot of stuff, but it's not necessarily stuff that you have to miss. I think there's things that make it a little bit more accessible or um, more complex, but you don't necessarily need those to have it to be an enjoyable time. And plus, it's still Pokemon. So. It's, right. it's I mean, it's it's such a timeless game. Yeah. I mean, they, they basically borrowed the concepts of from, you know, Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, uh, the classic RPGs uh, in Japan with the the kind of weapons wheels and uh, magic weakness and strength, right? They, they borrowed that concept and then applied it to, well, first you have to acquire, you have to catch the monsters mm-hmm. that, that wield those powers and then apply them. And, and so it... The the freedom of choice to me is what's most notable about this yeah. game, right? Like you, you in Final Fantasy, you have a white mage and a black mage, and they get certain power spells, and you learn that you know bio or uh, you know a fire spell is powerful against an ice enemy. And this game just lets you then choose which ones to keep with you. Mm-hmm. I just thought that customization was really good, and then that balance between choosing when to go into the into grassy areas versus battling trainers mm-hmm. and you know uh, yeah. going to the gyms, like. It's like this really, really cool open world concept done mm-hmm. at a very early time in RPGs. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I super agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only is this game, um, Pokemon Red and Blue specifically, very accessible. It caters to this inherent need to like collect and hoard mm-hmm. Pikachu's in your case. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> level up right? and level up with your Pokemon. You know, you actually have this ownership of like you know raising children basically. Yeah. And once they hit that level 100 cap, you're just like, oh, there goes my kid's pride <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But on the, so on the so, yeah, so on the surface, yeah. it's a very simplistic game, very accessible to everybody. But then, you know, uh, since then, all the next iterations of Pokemon have just added more to the meta. Mm-hmm. And so you get, like, you know, um, uh, EV um, training. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so- and... All the hidden stats. Yeah, all the, yeah. All the hidden stats and stuff. Just like, all that. It's also kind of nice. You don't have to care about the meta, too. Yeah. Because yeah. it is accessible. Because, like, oh, well, I have an, an ice Pokemon. Got to go against this fire one. Oh, no. I don't care. I'm just going to train up this ice Pokemon exactly. and it's just going to overpower <laughs> yeah, this fire Pokemon. Exactly. Like I don't that's, care because you can do that. In yeah. That's what I was going to say is like, I, I'm always continually impressed with the way like these games in particular, but the Pokemon series at large sort of scales dynamically in that you can, you can get like whatever random Pokemon you catch for your first like five or six Pokemon and take them all the way through to the end of the game and finish it. And then, you know, kind of wipe your hands of it. I'm yeah. done. I finished this one. That's great. Um, or you can really dig down into the meta and really like put a team together that is like competitive and like works really well. Like, or if you only love water Pokemon, you just put a bunch of water Pokemon in your party and hope for the best <laughs> no. and still see through to the end. And yeah. I think that is what makes like, it's an interesting concept because like this is technically baby's first RPG, right? It teaches you those mechanics and is very simplistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it scales all the way up to be like very competitive and very difficult if you want to make it that way. And then the trading aspect is just so unique, right? Like yeah. it's something that was enabled by the portable platform mm-hmm. uh, and that, that you didn't have in the classic console RPGs. And I, you know, I remember just, Trying, like playing across three different versions and trading back and forth yeah. mm-hmm. and getting all the Pokemon, like looking up all the data on where to find Pokemon in one version versus the other. And it, it's just, it was so thoughtful how they created this world and the differences between the different versions too. Yeah. And they made That's so cool. much money because I guarantee you they sold a lot of, a lot of people bought two versions of the game just because of Every the household game. probably yeah. had at oh, least yeah. two. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Sorry, but on that note, um, I will th- also thank Pokemon and Pokemon Yellow in specific for helping me build on social skills as a uh-huh. child. Because you know, you go to school, have a, have your Game Boy Link cable. You like it's kind of forces you to meet friends and <laughs> right. trade with Pokemon. And like as a shy little boy like, uh-huh. in the early '90s, like that's not something I would do on my own. Right. Um, so yeah, I think Pokemon. That's really that. cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really. Should've, I should have brought my original. Uh, Game Boy Color Pokemon. I have the Pikachu edition uh, Game Boy Color with the Pikachu link cable. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the glass case. Bonus. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. I've seen the glass Damn, case. Uh, we're we're almost out of time on Pokemon, but I, I did want to ask, sort of rapid fire, uh, what everyone's uh, starter Pokemon was and what their favorite gen of Pokemon is. So let's start with Miranda. Your starter Pokemon. Well, it depends on the game, right? Uh, for... I'm talking specifically red and blue. I think. I did Charmander. Tough choice right out of the gate, but I like it. I think it's a popular popular pick. Yeah. And your favorite gen? <sighs> That's hard. I don't know. It's just I feel bad for always saying like Gen One uh-huh. because it's just Gen One. Not to love it, but <laughs> yeah. I love other gens too. Mm-hmm. But I think Gen One because it is what I started with. Sure. It is super special to me. Yeah, so. in terms of starter, I started with Bulbasaur. Um, 
uh, I knew that yeah. he would be very effective against Brock, so I played it strategically wow. in that sense. Ooh. Yeah, and also I think he's the cutest starter. No sure. offense. No, um, I agree. Actually, yeah, he's I'm adorable. <laughs> uh, and then and then he grows into this monstrosity <laughs> yeah. toad frog thing. Um, but in terms of favorite gen, I'm gonna have to say Gen Five, which is oh. the black white black tube white tube mm-hmm. era. Um, mostly because of the designs mm-hmm. of the Pokemon and like the vast variety of Pokemon. Wow. Also, black black two white two is like the best post game. I think uh, oh, cool. it, yeah. those that gen is the one that I know the least, actually. Really? Yeah, that was the one where wow. I kind of signed off for a little bit. Oh, man, that's a yeah, bummer. I, I, I really love it. Also, uh, I think that generation has like uh, four, I think, Pokemon that were actually designed by Americans. Oh, right on. Yeah. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I, too, am a Bulbasaur fan. In fact, I'm just like a leaf type fan, a uh, grass type. <laughs> can't remember which. But um, I... Uh, I traditionally have always started with with uh, grass type Pokemon in oh. each of the games, and my favorite is definitely Gen One. Like this is a game that that occasionally, you know, like I'll pick up and play for a couple hours, just be like, oh, this is simpler times. So I really enjoy this. So, well, obviously, my original starter was Pikachu, but then when I played uh, <laughs> Red, Blue, and Green, I went for Charmander as well. Mm-hmm. It's just you know you gotta go Fire. Fire yeah. is always good. Something about that dragon. I think I usually go with. Yeah, I know people it's really the love that evolution. dragon. Yeah. Come on, yeah. yeah. Uh, and ov- obviously, Gen One. Gen One, my favorite. Too. I did. Uh, I did keep Sorry, on playing yeah. <laughs> um, afterwards, but uh, Gen 1 is just, you know, when so many good memories about discovering how that game actually worked right. mm. and discovering certain Pokemon for the first time. And, I, you know, my, the, my time going back to the original announcement, they actually handed us sticker sheets of all the, uh, of all the original Pokemon. Cool. All and, 151? Uh, yes, they gave us a sticker sheet for all of them. <laughs> and I still have them somewhere. A couple may be missing, but the names weren't finished. So some of the names, I, sh- I need to bring Aww. it in. It's so awesome. So some of the that. names are... They weren't finished. They, they, were, they were based on the Japanese ones. Okay. And so some of them actually changed because they probably did trademark search or something. Yeah, all yeah, of them. Yeah. Remember, Pokemon right. was a trademark nightmare for Nintendo in the US because Roald Dahl had the Monsters in My Pocket, Pocket mm-hmm. Monsters oh, license. Right. And wow. so they had to name it Pokemon here. Couldn't use Pocket Monsters mm-hmm. like in Japan. But yeah, with that, um, it, you know, like I had already learned some of the names of the Pokemon and then to find them changed in the <laughs> final version in the US, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure we could sit here and talk about Pokemon on all damn day but we do have a show to do and uh, now is the time in the show where I like to play a little game every week called Question Block it's time for the Question Block you guys our first question comes from Jeff Gibney on our uh, Facebook uh, group that's facebook.com slash group slash Nintendo Voice Chat Um, what Nintendo IP would you trade for a Sony or Microsoft IP starting with you Pear so wait what Nintendo owned brand would I give up for what Sony Correct. or Microsoft IP. Mm-hmm. That's really uh, that's really tough. Yeah, that's why um, I put it on the list. Well, I would give Microsoft Stunt Race FX and get Forza Horizon for it for <laughs> sure, right? And then with uh, with Sony, I would want to grab probably Uncharted. Okay, um, you know, one of the good Naughty Dog games. What are what are they gonna get? They will get Dodgeball. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> for the NES that. Yeah, I, I, I don't trust Sam uh, with this. I know that's not an IP. I'm, I, I'm I can cheating. dig it. Yeah. I, I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Uh, I would, let's see. I would probably trade arms, give them arms. Okay. And then I would probably take... Legs. <laughs> legs. <laughs> I'd probably take Spider-Man because I feel like that's the beginning of a, of a new sort of franchise for oh, yeah, Sony. So I'm, I'm, I'm so into new. that idea yeah. of... Um, this Marvel universe kind of coming to we, consoles. We had Spider-Man games on Nintendo consoles before. You know, is, oh, the Activision that, never soft days. Is yeah. Marvel Spider-Man on Switch right now? No. No, it's not. <laughs> Armada? Uh, easily 1-2 Switch for Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Deal? Yeah. Oh. That's easy? Um, well, that's yeah. It. Mostly, I, mostly because I haven't played Spider-Man yet. Yeah. I currently don't have a PS4. Okay. So having it on the Switch is like... Would, would be, be a dream, dream come yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I'm really angry that you didn't give me time to prep for this. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I'm just same, like, okay, same, where can I, like, what's the bottom of the barrel IP? Where can we just <laughs> shove it off? Because I think that's the hard thing, too, is is I think you guys are picking great things to put on a Nintendo system. But at the same time, I think I'd want it to be something that, like, makes most sense mm-hmm. on a so, Nintendo system. So Pokemon for Halo is what you're saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I was thinking, like, something like Sunset Overdrive, I think, would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what I'd trade for it. Maybe 
I know it's, it's a tough question. I put same, you on the spot. Same racing game this pair. Okay. Also, <laughs> that, ever that, yeah, that, also that, that, that racing one. game. All right. Next one. Next question is uh, from Nello Maciel, who asks pro or anti pumpkin spice? Anti. 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 There's a reason. I'm, I like it. Ah, a, that's okay. So pumpkins are really weird to me anyway. Like Americans spend most of the time hollowing them out and throwing out the stuff inside to put them in front of the houses for Halloween. And then suddenly you're trying to convince me that we should be eating them. Yeah. <laughs> pumpkin is that's a really that's funny a good way to flavor. Put, like, edit. We have top of the office. Humbug. So that's, pumpkin pie. That's three antis and one pro for pumpkin mm-hmm. spice. Right. Yeah. Uh, Zach Smith asks, what surprises do you think Nintendo will bring to the Game Awards? Uh, DLC for Super Mario Odyssey with three new worlds. Mm, okay, that's a long that, that's a long road between yeah. the last time we've heard. You about didn't give Odyssey me time to, to prep, so I just so that's it, just off the top of your head. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, just, I mean, to be fair, the run of show is always in the same place every yeah, week. Yeah, no, so I just ignored it yeah, till the last minute. Um, <laughs> I there's a rumor floating around that. that Game Awards will be the first time that we see gameplay for Metroid Prime or like a cinematic trailer or mm. something like that. And I would love to see anything of Metroid Prime 4 and not have to wait for E3. So my fingers are crossed, Metroid at the Game Awards. Same. I'm not holding my breath, but I would also li- like to see Metroid, not just keep stealing your answers. No, whatever. that's all right. But you, know, you and I are on the same wavelength. It's cool. Totally. But also, you know, continued support for third-party games on Switch. I am super stoked to uh, play Saints Row when that comes out on the Switch, and I'm hoping that other developers like throw you know their open world games like awesome. gta yeah for example onto, really cool onto switch yeah. i think they'd want to save metroid for something on their own to present oh i'm um, sorry i didn't i didn't ask the question of <laughs> who was wrong on the panel i, just, <laughs> I like how you're anyway. picking apart the choices <laughs> anyway well i mean when you get to attack pumpkin you know we have to shuffle? um i think that they could show maybe a new mobile game mm. like we don't really know what's next for that yeah or at least i don't can't think of what they've talked Kart. about. On Mario Kart. Yeah, too. Mario Kart's yep. up next. They yeah, just did Dragalia so Lost. Yeah. So even so, yeah, I know Dragalia Lost is out. Um, so I think maybe giving us a little bit more foresight, on, like what's coming next with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You a big Nintendo mobile fan? Um, I'm actually really interested to see how they try these properties because, like, obviously, they continued support with um, Animal Crossing, um, and I want to see just what they want to experiment with next. Like I know Dragalia Lost has been really interesting just because it's not a People Nintendo freaking love it. that we know. Yeah. yeah. yeah and People so are really I'm, excited for that. I'm game. just curious to see how they choose to play with that as a platform. Nice. Um, Cesar Torres asks, how was your week? Are y'all ready to party? Cesar Torres? He's my cousin. That's your cousin Cesar. <laughs> yeah. oh. I'm just kidding. I'll say <laughs> my week, my week has been okay. Oh. And I uh, guess <laughs> I'm always ready to party. My so. week was horrible. <laughs> okay, water, it's only Wednesday. Our water heater broke and it has to be replaced, which means all money gone. Uh, my dog had her like leg fixator oh, removed, no. limping about now. But she's—I mean, it's good. She had a. She basically broke her leg, and it, it's been with a fixator for three months. Yeah, and so she's doing better. So that cancels out all okay. the money that's gone. Yeah. So I guess it's okay then. Yeah. Good, but yeah. are, real question: Are you ready I, to party? I'm, I'm ready to uh, party. Yes, <laughs> it's so convincing. Oh, yeah. uh, I just moved to uh-huh. a new apartment, and therefore acclimating my cat. So okay. he, he's been keeping me up, me up all night. Uh-huh. So this week has not been the best. She wants but to play with a slow greyhound. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely not ready to party because I'm just going to sleep all weekend. Not ready to party. Yeah. Okay. Is your cat ready to party? Uh, I'm sure Doesn't sound is. like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's been a very busy week. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. Wiki's team I always feel the most concerned for during, what during the holiday season. What are you working on? What is she not working on is the easier question. Some things I can't talk about. Oh, I see. Actually, a lot I can't talk about. <laughs> I just got like eight Slack messages since I've been on this, so I'm just kind of like, oh. Is it, a, are you on, what's the big game you're working on that's known that people know about? Oh, okay. I'm not on this project, I'm on the other ones. <laughs> <All right>. yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a lot of um, just prep work for things coming. Okay. Yeah. So. And are you ready to party? Is there alcohol? She's <laughs> <laughs> so it depends on your definition of partying. Yeah, yeah I think we're okay. Though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll take a uh, break. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll play some Mario Party for sure. Last question. No, I want to play Mario Party. There yeah. you go. Gregory Moorhead asks, uh, what's, what's your up, current desert, desert island game? Mine is still Minecraft. So you can't play any other game. You're stuck on an island. We're all, yeah, and, we're all yeah. familiar with the concept of a yeah. desert island something. So yeah, what, what's your desert island like game? like Minecraft, you got to have friends. Otherwise, it's not fun. Can we connect online? I doubt it. It's a desert. I'm going to say, yeah, do we not get updates? Because updates are pretty important. 
Look, I don't make the rules. I just ask then the it's, questions. It's so. Mario Maker because I can make Whoa. levels that I can't possibly beat. So that would be okay. Go ahead. That's a pretty yeah. good one. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Breath of the Wild. I feel like Breath of the Wild is a game that I could play f- over and over again, and it has you know hundreds of hours of content. And there's I even for as many times as I've played through that game, I f- still feel like I haven't seen everything. So that would be mine. Gotcha. Um, if I could go online, mm-hmm. Overwatch for sure. Nah. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no internet on that island. Yeah, okay. So if there's not internet, definitely Pokemon Black or White 2. Cool. Because I clocked in like 300, 400 hours into that game, so oh, it'll keep me boy. busy for a while. Right if on. I were to start over again. Yeah. yeah. I was also going to say Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. because... If Mondo has taught us anything this yes. episode, it's yeah. that two people can have the same yeah. answer, yes. so that's yeah. totally that, fine. That's, that's also my answer because yeah. I just I love that game so much. Awesome. It's very special. Right on. Well, there's all your yeah. questions answered, and that will do it for Nintendo Voice Chat I'll episode 427. Parrot, thank you for joining me. Thank you, sir. Armando, Miranda, thank you for joining us so thank much to talk you. about Pokemon, and thank you guys for watching at home. Guys, we're IGN's Nintendo show every Thursday at 3 p.m. on IGN.com and Friday at 3 p.m. on YouTube if you like to watch it there. Come back next week when you can. What? You gotta say get the thing. That's how we've been ending the show. Get the thing. Oh, I thought like parties, Super Mario Party. No, you gotta say the party now. Yeah. Oh, great. We're off the the party. See you next week. Toodles. Toodles.